0: Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. For today, our conversation will outline what the shadow economy can tell us about demand for commodities and circular economies, and we will be referring to a recent CIO blog, Lessons from the Shadow Economy, Catalytic Converters, and the Value of Scrap. Uh, Joining me here on the podcast is the author of that blog. So glad to welcome back Michelle LaLiberty, thematic investing strategist, for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Michelle, great to have you back here on Top of the Morning. Looking forward to the conversation.
1: Good morning, Dan. Thanks for having me.
0: So, Michelle, to start, I think it would be helpful to lift the mystique, so to speak, behind the shadow economy, what that is and how it works. So what can you share with us there?
1: Sure. It's a it's a good question. The The shadow economy or the underground economy uh, is really an economy that's made up of illicit activity. So you might have heard the phrase before, something that was sold on the on the black market or a black market transaction. And that's what the shadow economy describes. It's essentially criminal activity. I and mean, these transactions don't exactly or directly uh, contribute to GDP. But if something is sold outside of government-regulated markets, I mean, that sale isn't really recorded, right? I'd assume that most thieves uh, don't declare a stolen catalytic converter on their taxes, right? Uh, but there are some real economic consequences of this activity. So perhaps you know, a criminal that just cashed in at a scrapyard takes that cash and buys lunch with it. Uh, that legal transaction will flow through to the real economy. So that's I have a quick 101 on the shadow economy, but let me just be clear, Uh, I would not and I'm not recommending uh, anyone participate in it. Uh, But what I'm here to discuss today is what the shadow economy can tell us about opportunities in the real economy uh, for legal investors, too.
0: I'd say that's good guidance, Michelle, though thank you for the 101 on the shadow or underground economy. It's interesting, just looking through your blog, you do mention how scrap materials, such as metals in particular, at the moment they seem to be highly sought after. Going back to that catalytic converter example, theft up 400% since 2019. So what's going on there exactly?
1: Sure, it's a it's a great point. Um, scrap has always had value, right? The scrapyard is not a new concept, uh, but my blog points out rising uh, catalytic converter steps because I think it tells us something important about commodities and about resource scarcity. Now, each commodity's uh, individual performance is going to vary, but at the index level, the Bloomberg Commodity Index is up almost 50% over the last three years. So, of course, as commodity prices rise, scrap, and unfortunately a catalytic converter, becomes more attractive, right? It's more valuable. And on top of that, there are more hybrid vehicles on the road today than in the past. And catalytic converters and hybrids are actually much more valuable in terms of scrap. But I think this tells us something more about legal markets, Dan, because with the rise of electric vehicles and with the global energy transition, The world is going to need a lot more minerals to make that happen. Auto manufacturers are touting some pretty ambitious plans to shift to electric vehicles. But electric vehicles use about six times the minerals as a traditional uh, internal combustion engine vehicle. And a wind power plant uses about nine times the minerals of a gas-fired plant. So what this tells me is that if we're going to have any chance of reaching these goals on electrification and on emissions reduction, circularity and the reuse of materials is going to be key. So it's really about going from the shadow economy to a circular economy, which is one that we agree reuses materials for a second life
0: so with that michelle maybe we can take a step away from a legal activity for a moment because within your blog you do point out running with this a bit further how legitimate ventures also capitalizing by turning trash to cash do you have any examples of this you can share with us
1: Outside of catalytic converters and commodities specifically, this does apply to to waste more broadly. So we're seeing a lot of effort to increase circularity and to reuse valuable materials. And some of the areas that we're seeing investment rise are chemical recycling as well as uh, battery recycling. And for chemical recycling or advanced recycling is another term for it, Uh, we're seeing investment in methods that can break down something like plastic to its original form so that it can be used again. Uh, but the difference between this and regular recycling is that it can apply to more goods. So just for an example, uh, glass plastic isn't usually recyclable with traditional or mechanical recycling methods, but chemical recycling should be able to, t- to tackle this. And then for batter- battery recycling, we're seeing really ramped up efforts with the original manufacturers, uh, auto manufacturers through partnerships with companies that can help facilitate reuse. And we're seeing a number of smaller companies working on efforts to improve the efficiency of reuse or the efficiency of that second Uh, life in that use case. So there's really a lot of innovation going on here. Uh, But let me pause there and turn it back to you.
0: Well, maybe as a follow up, Michelle, I'm curious how this trend, how it translates to the management of waste volumes. And are there any regulatory developments on this front you can speak of?
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I think the regulatory piece, it it is important. Um, And outside of the, the business opportunity here in terms of cost savings, and also capitalizing on the legal collection of of scrap and waste. There's also just a growing need to manage waste volumes. Put very simply, we're running out of space to put all of our trash. Uh, Take clothing, for example. I haven't even breached the topic of textile waste yet today, uh, but estimates indicate that about one garbage truck full of textiles is sent to landfill or incinerated every second uh, so it's truly really hard to grasp just how much waste we all generate, and that's driving demand for solutions. And to your point, it has caught the attention of regulators too. So we're seeing several efforts, uh, particularly in the European Union, to hold companies more accountable for the waste that they produce. And in turn, we're seeing companies try to reduce their reliance on virgin materials. So. I do think this is just the beginning of growing traction for a more circular economy.
0: Well, some eye-opening figures, especially with respect to the fast fashion topic you brought up a few moments ago. As we begin to close out, Michelle, this is a fascinating topic we can follow up on, though, for today. Any final thoughts or even investment takeaways you can share with our clients?
1: Sure. I think I'll wrap this up by saying that uh, criminals may not be the only ones to benefit from higher commodity prices, right? There are opportunities out there for legal investors, too. Uh, CIO just upgraded commodities uh, to most preferred We actually recently raised the copper estimate as well. Uh, And for long-term investors, there are ways to get exposure to companies innovating in these industries. And many are still in the early stages. uh, So private markets can play a role here too. Uh, Of course, if you have that, the risk tolerance and the appropriate time horizon for that. Um, But definitely a couple different ways to get involved in the opportunity here. So. Let me end there, uh, and Dan, I can turn it back to you.
0: Well, Michelle, thank you for dropping by. Again, a fascinating topic, so looking forward to keeping in touch on it. I do want to point to our listeners, especially our clients of UBS, again to Michelle's blog, which we have been making reference to on Top of the Morning Today. That title, again, Lessons from the Shadow Economy, Catalytic Converters, and the Value of Scrap. The blog is available now up on UBS.com CIO. Of course, for clients of UBS, please reach out to your user. UBS Financial Advisor, if you would like to receive a copy of Michelle's blog directly. Though again today, we've been joined by Michelle Liberty, thematic investing strategist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Thank you again, Michelle.
1: Thanks, Ben.